You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Interstate Batteries offers a wide variety of batteries for your everyday needs. Stop into one of their thousands of retail locations and talk with a battery specialist about batteries for your truck, trail cameras, and even those weird batteries for your rangefinder. Interstate Batteries even offers cell phone repair in certain locations. For more information, visit interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. Mic check. God dang it. This is no joke. Again, here we go. Trying to do eight things at one time. Spilled a cup of coffee right on my crotch. Luckily, it was pseudo warm and not scalding hot. But we got a good episode today. And the good thing about this episode is that we have what I feel is a good discussion about politics. Unfortunately, the topic is a little bit about politics. And... I have always tried to stay away from the politics side of things on this show. But what I'm what I'm finding out is that eventually it needs to get talked about. And and so on this episode, we talk with Kevin Robinson. He is a board member of the Montana Bow Hunters Association. And we get into a little bit of the politics behind how some of the rules and regulations are made, not only in his state of Montana, but in my state here in Iowa. And some of this is, is going to sound familiar because I just had this conversation about Iowa on a, on a previous podcast. Uh, so we talk about how bills are introduced, um, who is introducing them. Also, you know, just, uh, it, it's, it gets, it gets very muddy for a lot of people because here we have your everyday life. And here's what I'm going to say is my everyday life, gas prices, grocery bills, electrical bills, right? Interest rates, my mortgage, right? Things that I have to pay for every single day that if I don't pay for, right, then I, I can't, I can't eat. I can't I feed my kids. I can't live in a house. I can't drive a vehicle, so forth and so on, right? And so it's unfortunate, you know, that that I have to look at, you know, from the, the broad stroke of my life, I have to look at hunting as an extra activity, right? It's extra. It's something that I'm blessed to be able to do. It sucks that it's... It, it's kind of lower on the totem pole in the priorities of my life. I make it a priority because I have the ability to do everything that I've already mentioned. I can pay my bills. I can, you know, get gas in my car. I can afford to feed my family. I can live in a good house. I can put my kids into schools. I can, you know, afford to put them in football and baseball and dance and things like that. And, and so 
there there needs to be another conversation and this is a little housekeeping that I want to talk with people about and I, I, I made it a point to put this on an Instagram story and here's what I'm looking to do I'm, I'm looking to elaborate on today's conversation with Kevin with a huge swath of people and what I mean by that is not just a ton of people I mean I want to have a conversation with women who hunt and and how hunting plays a role in their life as a woman and how they vote against all the other you know how 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 conservation the outdoors fish and wildlife impact their life and how they vote based off of that uh, I want to talk with blacks and minorities. I want to talk with gay people. I want to talk with straight people. I want to talk with uh, rich people. I want to talk with poor people. I want to talk with people who own land. I want to talk with people who only hunt public. I or yeah, public. I want to talk with the working man. I want to talk to as many people of all walks of life as humanly possible to see how they vote and how uh, fish, wildlife, hunting, the outdoors um, impacts how they vote. And so I feel like it's a, it's a topic that needs to be addressed and maybe, and just like all my, all my episodes, dude, I shoot from the hip. I don't ever write anything down. I don't plan anything out. And so I'm going to put a little planning and preparation into, into these topics and hopefully the outcome is an insight into how people think, how people vote, uh, and then maybe out of that comes not necessarily the answer to a problem, but a direction or a source of unity, if that makes sense. Like, hey, I'm different than this person, but we have hunting in common. So how can we use that, 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 that we have hunting in common as a source to identify a problem and solve it? I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. It could fail. It could fail miserably. You guys could hate it. You guys could cancel me. And then, uh, my, my sponsors would drop me and then I have to start all over doing something different. But, uh, but I, I gotta do it. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta talk with more people. And so that's the goal. So if you are one of the people that I, that I mentioned, I want to talk to you, please reach out to me. I don't plan on using any names. I just want to talk with a person who I guess is under a label of what I've mentioned. And then I want to, I want to interview them to see how they vote and how uh, fish wildlife and, uh, and conservation and hunting impacts, impacts their life and how they vote. Uh, so that's just kind of, uh, that's kind of going to be extra on top of what this podcast is today. And I don't mean to take away from this podcast cause it is a really good conversation. Uh, hopefully you guys enjoy it. Um, but before we get into today's episode, I, I just want to send a huge shout out to all of you for taking time out of your day to download this, to listen to it, to be part of the nine finger community, man. I, I, I get messages on Instagram and Facebook and go wild every single day. And I try my hardest to respond to all of them. Uh, I, I appreciate you. Uh, it's because of people like you that I get to live out my dream. 
up here in this loft above my garage talking about hunting fishing and the outdoors and so uh, thank you for that huge shout out to tethered if you're looking for a saddle please uh, go check out tethered uh, these guys have a huge lineup of saddles saddle hunting accessories saddle platform saddle hunting platforms climbing sticks uh, and these guys are number one for a reason so if you want to learn uh, be part of this this tethered community and how to be a better uh, saddle hunter go check out tetherednation.com wasp archery uh, in my opinion <laughs> i mean i and my opinion has a lot to do with the confidence level that i feel you know i've never had a i've never had a wasp uh, broadhead ever not deploy you know everything it hits it destroys uh, and I am a I'm a huge fan especially on those marginal shots they just cause a ton of damage and deer just don't walk away from that and so uh, if you want in my opinion some of the best broadheads with the best design made from the best materials you got to go check out wasp and that's wasparchery.com and I do have a discount code NFC two zero and um that should get you 20 percent off on all of your wasp orders go by today uh, next on the list vortex optics again a company full of great people uh, a company that uh, has one goal in mind and that's to put out the best optics and and treat you like the customer that you deserve to be treated and that means that if you have a question or a concern or a problem, their goal is to fix it because they want lifelong customers. So when it's time for them to buy a new optic or expand into, you know, go from a binocular into a spotting scope, into a rifle scope, into a rangefinder, they want that business. And the way you do that is to treat your, your end user and your customer with the, the most respect possible and answer their problems and give them exactly what they pay for. If not more, they go above and beyond. So my opinion vortex is the gold standard especially in the outdoors vortexoptics.com go check them out last but not least hunt stand if you are looking for uh, a hunting app that allows you to journal and, and document everything that you see in the woods rubs scrapes where you put your tree stands the ability to look at uh, you know topography the ability to look at um, satellite imagery the ability to put together a plan the ability to uh you know organize trail cam data the ability to look at rut dates the ability to forecast weather the ability to forecast deer movement uh, this is hunt stand and so if you want to find out more information about hunt stand and all the features that this app has all the functionality that it has including the pro whitetail platform that is currently out you need to go check out huntstand.com and read up read up read up read up all right so that is 10 minutes of me talking so far and uh, I really do appreciate all of you it, it is truly all about good vibes so good vibes in good vibes out I'm going to talk you at the end uh, and enjoy this episode. Three, two, one. All right. From the Montana Bow Hunters Association, a board member, Mr. Kevin Robinson. Kevin, how we doing, man? Good. Good. It's hey, 40 degrees and it's going to rain today. So whereabouts in Montana do you live? I live in Missoula. It's a western, far western part of the state. Okay. You know, we're we're an hour from Idaho. 
Um, we're in the mountains. Montana's a big state, but but where I live is uh, pretty pretty mountainous. Missoula's a college town. You know, you you, you have um, so picture what that looks like. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> a college town in the mountains. Right. Okay. Gotcha. All right. Now let's see here. Um, you mentioned before we started recording that you shot a really big buck, this, ah. big buck this year. Whitetail yeah. mule deer. Whitetail. Whitetail. Where at? Right here in Missoula. In Missoula. Okay. And what's a big what's a big Montana uh, whitetail look like? And man, man, a, a a big one to me. I mean, I've just shifted what I feel is a is a trophy, I guess, yeah. you know, me like I, I'm, I'm an age class guy now yeah. and I've been for 10 years, but it's hard to do that unless you know what you're doing or know what you're looking at. So, mm. so here, if I'm, ha- I'm happy, like a mature, a five and a half year old deer or a four and a half year old deer, that's, that's 140 inch deer, you know, yeah. um, this particular buck is, uh, was, I aged him, sent his teeth. I always send the, the, the deer's teeth into deer age and he was, uh, Five and a half. Okay. And he, he um he grossed one sixty nine. Ooh. Oh yeah. You guys got him. You guys got well, him. It's it, it's a huge state, you yeah. know. And what I've learned and especially being a part of Montana Bowen Association, is like there there are dudes killing critters across this state you never hear hear about. Yeah. Right? Right. Like there's there's booners, there's booners getting killed with bows and, and elk big bulls and big mule deer and and you don't hear about it. no but but i'm i'm a blabbermouth dude like i can't <laughs> and I'm, not, I'm not i'm not bragging it's just like it's it's just cool well it's it, and it's, it's your passion right so of oh, course yeah you're gonna like man i would probably if i shot a Boone and Crockett deer, even I live in Iowa. So even though I live in Iowa, I, if I shot a Booner, I would probably just go in a, like waiting in line at the grocery store, tap on the shoulder uh, of the person in front of me and just be like, just want to let you know, I shot a giant buck this year. Uh, oh dude. Production. <laughs> so I, I'm like, you know, I killed this thing in November and, and I had it riding around in my truck for, three months before I went to the back. <laughs> and, and, and hey uh you guys uh you know everybody hunts out here right right you guys uh you like hunting you like white tail yep. like, yeah uh, check this uh, out yeah but it's like hey i i the, the thing's big it's hard you know i grew up in illinois yeah so so i i know what big bucks look like and and i never had an opportunity to hunt them there okay um just because i i flailed around but but um I go back there the last few years to, to hunt and, and, um, it's just a different, it's a different animal out here, man. It's, yeah. they can, they can be big, but just like anywhere else, they need an age class. They need good genetics and, and they, they have to have a good winner here. You yeah. know, this, this, this particular deer and we, and we can, I don't need to keep talking about this one, but this particular deer last year, I didn't even reckon I, I run the tr- run trail cameras and stuff. It's private land. Yep. Any moron could have killed this deer. I'm telling you. I, I just got lucky because I have a relationship with a landowner that I've had for over 20 years, and I'm the only guy hunting it. So, so awesome. I'm not, I didn't do anything. I didn't do anything special. But um, last year he he was like a 130 class five by five. So 
that's how much. So we had a mellow winter. Winters, the weather out here is really crucial to these things. So so a mellow winter and a great wet spring with mild temperatures. So you've got growth when mm-hmm. they're, they need it the most, right? Yep. With a shed, yep. just no body fat. And then a, and a nice mellow summer, a cooler summer. And then uh, next thing you know, you got a booner walking around that you didn't know existed. That easy. Right? And, and, and you know, he, next, this year, if he was still alive, he could have hit by a car. Right. He got he got poached. He could have got a, a tine in his lungs. Like there's just so. To, it, we you've talked about this on your podcast, and it's 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 a thing that um, some folks know. But like what we we're seeing on YouTube and on the hunting shows, man, that's hard to replicate. Yeah, the right. big the farms, the big ranches with the with the food plots and all that stuff. It, it to get those deer. Even those deer past five and a half, six, it's, it's hard to do. Right. It's hard. So, so I recognize that out here and I've got a pretty good, pretty good situation. I was after a different deer for the last three years that he disappeared. Um, he's a six and a half year old, but, but I saw him right around the time I was hunting this, this buck I'd switched because this buck I was after, Yeah. he, he, he ruts somewhere else. So I was actually kind of focusing on this deer. I knew about the big one that I killed. But I wasn't focusing on him. I was focused on a different deer, and, and he's gone. Yeah. And he was in the same spot and didn't pick him up this winter, and so he's dead somewhere. I mean, I can almost guarantee it. He's oh. lying on the mountain somewhere, or he's lying in someone's basement on yeah. the wall. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> so all right. Gonna... So I have to. I have this vision in my head yeah. of the terrain that you're like. Are you hunting river bottom ground with all these cottonwoods? Uh, like the the typical Western style whitetail environment with the mountains in the backgrounds, pivots or or egg in the yep. bottom. Not this particular spot. Okay, I, I do my some of my other areas I, I hunt, but this spot is is Missoula as a, as a flat valley, and then and then as it as the as the valley floor rises up, it it it's like um kind of grassy open hillsides up into the timber mountains, yep. right? And so these these bucks. So I hunt um, a, a, a ranch that that's at the base of this mountains. Okay. And it's all open. There's a couple draws, and with trees in it, and and that's it, it's great because you see a lot of action. Yeah. But to, to get a buck, a mature buck, to come by the one of those trees you're in, it's it's harder than you think. It's harder right. than most guys. Think. I mean, my friends that know I hunt it, I mean, I hunt it forever. So like, if you see me with a with a buck nine times out of ten, it, it's come off this place. But right. But it's still bow hunting, yeah. You know, and especially if you got a stick bow in your hand, you're gonna have to get. For me, I gotta get 15 yards from the damn thing. Yeah. So it's it's uh, it's it's awesome, and it's it's a testament to like landowner relationships mm-hmm. because, um, like I said, any dipshit could kill this buck. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, I, I it's it's on the edge of a neighborhood or the town starts okay. right, so I'm I'm very cautious on where I hunt. I respect the landowners. They don't care. I could sit on the fence line if I wanted to, but I don't want a deer running around with an arrow in his ass. Right. You know, like right. I don't want to have to deal with any controversy, you know, like, like, you know, I, I'm, it's like you hear these stories of these guys shooting these giant, giant bucks, like that are, have everybody knows Bill, the, the, the deer's got a name, right. you know, and, and you, he lives on the edge of the, the the neighborhoods and stuff these urban deer and yep people kill them it's like i'm a i'm almost afraid 
to kill it if if it, if I were to have the opportunity to kill something like world class yeah. because it's like well I saw Joe in my yard yesterday where did you kill you know I don't want right and, and like I am just like I show everybody everything I'm like dude I just I'm like uh I'm like uh your buddy Todd Pregnant's rest in peace right right like he would freak out right oh I am. I freak when I kill those things, dude. I freak out when I pick up sheds. I'm like a freaking little kid, dude. Um, and that's where I started watching you for the first time was like uh, that white knuckle web show. Oh, okay, that's a lot. That's a blast from the past. Oh, oh, I watch him again every run. Right. I, that's all I watch. The old shit. I yeah. watch Todd freak out. I'm like, oh god. You know, I show my wife. Look at this guy freaking out over this dude. She's like, well, yeah, that's that's you. That's you, dude. So, yeah. yeah. Oh man, those were the days. Well, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, so not only did you shoot a 169 inch buck, you shot him in Montana and you shot him with a stick bow, right? Yeah. I don't put too emphasis, too much emphasis on the stick bow part. Um, cause I, I, I shoot a compound as well. Yeah. Um, I, I've, I've kind of fully switched over just the hunting with my stick bow, but there's a, there's a, there's a time and place for all those weapons, man. Like, um, and, and that leads into the crossbow thing. Yeah. Um, before, wait a second, wait a second. Before, well, you, before you get in there though, I have to yeah. say if I'm, <laughs> if I'm going to look at two guys and they shot, let's say one guy, he used a compound, like a, a, your, your, your normal everyday flagship compound bow versus a guy that shot a, uh, a buck with a a stick bow it is more badass to kill a deer with a stick bow than it is with a compound i'm just saying i agree i'm just saying i, I agree i agree but but if you if you put emphasis on that stuff then you get a little bit you get this little divide that happens right eh. like oh I'm, I'm better. <laughs> I, know, I know i don't feel that way but guys do they right. get they get all oh, stick bow guys are out there fucking putting arrows and everything and running <laughs> And the comp, and then the the stickbow guys like, oh, these guys can't. They have no woodsmanship, you know. It just right. creates this. But I'm a, I get it. Right. Like, like um, it's a, it's like uh, um, you know, you got to put yourself in this spot. I, I right. guarantee you, Dan. You said I'm I'm gonna. You got and here's what you got to do if you want, ever want to do it. You got to sell your compound. Right. You just got to get out of the game. You pick up a recurve or stickbow and you just shoot your ass off like you probably already do with your compound. Right. You get. At 15 to 20 yards, and you all of your stands locations or blinds or whatever, you have to put them in a spot that's conducive to success with a stick bow. Right. You know, all my stands on this spot that I've hunted for years, I lowered them or just moved them into different trees, like cedar tree with cover. I'm eight feet off the ground. You know, this buck I killed, I was in a saddle, um, in a tree stand on a crooked tree about eight feet off the ground but eye level with a deer walking on the hillside about eight feet from it you know like i'm like i'm like one shot am like ambush like you have to do it that way if you listen to any of those old school um or new school uh trad guys the deer hunters they they're close man the wenzel brothers like those stands are eight feet they're not it's not because they're afraid of heights it's because the shot angles um you want them close you know, you're shooting pretty quiet equipment. So like, you're not all, I don't know. It's, it's a cool, it's been a great experience these last few years, really concentrating on the, on trad gear because it's, it's way, they're way more fun to shoot. Right. 
Right. I mean, right. I mean my, even when I've had compounds my whole life and stick bows, recurves, long bows, I really get enjoyment out of shooting trad gear. It's yeah. it's really fun. I, I uh, and and they're just sexy. You know, oh, like, I get it. When I have like twenty five bows. I, I every time I got a compound I, and I had to get a new one, it was because like the the limb cracked or it got stolen. I never was like, ooh, a new right. fucking. Because yeah. that's not what killing the animals, right. man. It's like your skill set is right. Uh, but right. but it's it's like um, you know it it's you've got to put and it's funny to me to see some of these um, successful guys, especially in Iowa, that have these big farms like like Drury's and and uh, Lee and Tiffany and, and these folks. I love I watch all that shit. I love yeah. it. I love deer and but but like you you got to this level you don't want to like put the compound down and like just step it up, you know, like put it down and practice and like get to the, get to the next level, like a 200 inch deer with a stick bow, dude. Yeah. Nobody's doing that. Right. Like they got bills to pay. (laughs) They got bodies to stack. That's true. And, 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 um, uh, sponsorships and all that stuff. Yep. But I get it. I, I get it. I fully understand. You know, you guys have to make money, not you guys, but, you know your yeah. podcast you do yep. you have sponsors i'm part of that, that are, and they work but you you couldn't do it without it so you, no. there's a there comes to a point where you have to you got to make money i'm a business owner dude i i mean i gotta make money yeah i mean absolutely you you, you have a bottom line and and if we want to hunt, hunt and and do what we want to do um, i guided for a long time i decided that it wasn't for me i'd rather hunt on my free time and not have to deal with that so hunting industry is not for me i know that um but i'd gladly blab about a big buck on podcasts heck yeah i love talking about it so i'm looking at the back of your truck and i see is that a welder's helmet Mm -hmm. is that what you do for a living um so i own a business that um do you know what helical piers are uh no they're big steel screws you screw them in the ground and you use them instead of concrete footings okay all right makes sense so I, I own a business that, that does that. Yeah. Oh, cool. And so I, there's some welding involved and, you know, it's, it's great having my own business. I have free time. I take, you know, two weeks off and go to Illinois in the fall. I take two weeks off and hunt the elk rut in September here. I mean, it, it gives me tons of freedom, but it, you know, as you know, running yep. your own show, you got to hustle. There's yeah. no paycheck coming every week or every month that you got to hustle, but, but it's great. I, I, I'm fortunate enough to, you know, have a lot of work and, um, can, can still make time for family and, and hunting and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So you are a board member of the Montana Bow Hunters Association. Why don't you talk to us a little bit about what the Montana Bow Hunters Association is all about? Yeah. So, so NBA was formed in the early seventies and, and basically back then it was like a, a, a handful of hardcore guys that, wanted bow hunting seasons here in the state there weren't any okay or and they wanted to expand what what we could do right meaning we want to bow hunt sheep goats moose all that stuff so so fast forward to today we we educate we try to promote archery in the schools we try to um we have a couple events we do every year fundraising events uh bow fishing tournament stuff like that but but it's it seems like in recent decade i guess 
um, we are kind of a watchdog group for our rights as bow hunters and archers, right? Mm-hmm. So, so meaning at the Capitol in Helena here, the capital of our state, there's always bills that are introduced that are some good, some bad, like, like, like politics is in general. Mm -hmm. And so we keep an eye on all that stuff. Um, and we make sure that we try to keep our seasons intact and Mm -hmm. long. We've got a great system here and, but there's more and more people moving here. There's just more and more people in the world. I don't know what, I I mean, why people aren't talking about that. Like that's our problem with, everything yeah. like there's too many people yeah. i mean not to get on the abortion kick but we need less people man like yeah i don't know if you just start murdering people but <laughs> but back back to back to politics it's like you get you get a lot of people i mean montana used to have i moved here i moved here from illinois montana had eight hundred thousand people right now now we're just over a million but it's such a big state that all those folks are in the, the urban areas, right? Yeah. So you're starting to see some politics that are pushing towards not what they used to be, what, right. whatever that means, right? Yeah. So, <clears throat> so back to MBA, we, the most important thing we do, I feel, is keep archery and bow hunting in Montana in, in an intact seasons that aren't, you know, there's no alternative weapons in there. So so we basically have a five-week archery season that starts the first Saturday in September. It goes for five weeks uninterrupted. And there's a week, a cl- closed week in October. And then the rifle season starts, general season. And that goes for another five weeks. All the way until to usually December 1st or the last, last weekend in November. And so we got it pretty good. We got mule deer, elk, whitetails, bear, turkey, mountain lions, moose, sheep, goat. You know, we've got we've got a ton of opportunities, and and it's because the NBA early on pushed on that stuff. Right. We, we developed a relationship with the Montana Fish, Wildlife, and Parks, and said, "Hey, bows are actually effective. You know, they're not just a little toy." Because back in the day, you had to convince everybody that they were effective, mm-hmm. and now it's like now they're too effective. Right. right. Now it's like, oh shit. You know, we were managing game with the rifle seasons and, and bow archery was just kind of an opportunity thing. Oh, you get out and you get maybe get lucky, but now we're effective, you yeah. know, and, and that's across the board, across the country. Like people not only it's, it's not just equipment. It's like, we're, we're after it. You know, the guys you have on your podcast is like, I don't care where you live. You, you, these guys from Michigan that hunt little bucks, mm-hmm. we're rabid, you know, yeah. like we want. So you just have, um, Equipment, uh, technology, Onyx, hunt apps, you know, draw odds. People want to get out. Yeah. Like, I'm sick of sitting in Iowa. I want to go elk hunting or I want to go mule deer hunting. So yeah. you just, you just, we're just effective, man. And so with that comes these um, politicians that, that sponsor bills limiting or extending or, or whatever it may be. Yeah. So my MBA tries to stick with archery and hunting issues. Okay. Um, and there's land issues, um, public land access issues and stuff that, that we're on board with. But sometimes, you know, we, we, we kind of let the other organizations like backcountry hunters and anglers, um, and wildlife federation, like kind of keep, keep their hands into that because that's what they're good at. You know, it's like elk foundation, you know, they stick to elk habitat and, and elk, you know, they're not, they're not, they're not doing like, you know, 
you know, public land access or archery stuff, even though they might agree. It's just these organizations. That's why there's so many of them because they kind of got to focus on, on, on certain, certain areas. On their niche. You know? How much crossover is there then between like you and, and, <laughs> uh, and like the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation and some of the other big hitters out West? What do you mean with memberships? No, just like the orgs working together. Oh, oh, it's, it's, um, during this time of year, it's big. Yeah. It's big. Yeah. It's, um, you know, we, because the crossbow thing, especially it's, it's, um, there's a few other organizations that have helped us out. Right. We don't have lobbyists in Helena. We've got, we've got, um, but we're all volunteers not, it's a nonprofit. It's all volunteers. And it's a compliment to us. I feel that when the sponsor of this particular bill we'll talk about keeps blabbing about how we we have these paid lobbyists in Helena. It's great because we're not, we're volunteers. We're passionate about it. Right. right. So him saying that, Oh, they got the advantage because they, the Montana Bowen Association sends these paid lobbyists to Helena to fight this. Well, we're not paid, man. We all have jobs. We're just taking time off to do this because we think it's bad. Right. Yeah. Um, so, so with the crossover stuff, we, we do work with um, BHA and, and a few other groups, but we try to stick to the stuff that matters because we've got a pretty broad membership. Like we were talking before we started, we're, you know, bow hunters are poor, they're rich, they're doctors, they're const- construction workers, they're homeless. I don't know. It's like, we, it's just a, such a, we're Democrats, we're Republicans, we're independents. We're just bow hunters, right? Right. So it's hard to you don't really want to dabble in politics too much until this stuff happens in Helena where we have to, it's literally picking sides because, you know, if, and we'll talk about this, but like just the process of, of uh, when a bill hits, hits the Capitol, there's sides to it, right? There's, you have a, you will have two parties. That's the problem here. There's Democrats and Republicans and the Democrats tend to all vote the same and the Republicans all tend to vote the same. And, and um, sometimes they, they feel the same way about an issue. Right. But when you have a bad bill that comes a potentially bad bill or a bill pops up and it's sponsored by a Democrat, there's some skepticism from Republicans um, when making decisions on it. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I don't know here, let's hash this, uh, you know, it's just like a team thing. And, and I can't imagine what it's like at, in DC, you know, the backstabbing that goes on the trading vote. I mean, we hear a little bit about it, but I'm sure it is gnarly. Yeah. I don't want any part of politics, Yeah. but in Montana, we have normal folks that go there every two years that are senators and, and legislators and reps. I mean, and they, they are volunteering essentially they get paid a little bit but they're they leaving their families they're living in helena for the week my my good friend nate was there a few years back he was a um a rep and then a senator and and it's a lot it's taxing man yeah um so you um you get normal folks so so you can call them like there's this committee who's going to see this bill you can literally call bob and be like hey bob I really want you to think about this and I'd like you to vote no on this crossbow thing. And then here's why. And, and then you have a, like a conversation, you know, right. you, you think you're going to be able to call your, your, um, your Senator that goes to DC. That's not happening. No, you, you're leaving a voicemail or an email and it may never even get read. 
and someone else reads it if, if it does. So on a state level, I'm sure Iowa's the same. I'm sure all of the states are the same, man. These folks are just, it's basically a volunteer position. Um, motives are different, right? Right. You can, you can kind of get some notoriety and get a job afterwards, or you can, you know, but I, I, I hate to think of it that way, but all the folks I've talked to personally in regards to the NBA and the bills that we try to promote or oppose, they're awesome. They're just normal folks and they just need to be educated or they're going to vote with their constituents or sorry, their, their, their party members, you know, let's talk, let's, let's talk about how a bill gets brought to the table. Yeah. Um, and, and, and so I think what we're ultimately going to talk about here is this crossbow bill. Um, because the crossbow bill has been, uh, brought to Iowa several times. We want, we want crossbows to be introduced into the archery season and myself and the Iowa bow hunters association. We oppose that. Okay. We do not, we do not like that. And it sounds to me like that same thing is happening in Montana. Yes. Yes. Um, well, keep in mind, like I said, I broke it down to two seasons. There's, there's basically two seasons. There's some preseason and, and postseason stuff, but two five-week seasons, a five-week bow season, a five-week rifle season. We are not opposed to crossbows. We, meaning Montana bow hunters and most, most arch, archery hunters in Montana. Right. Because you can use them during rifle season. Yep. You know, on private land, public land, wherever. So you have five weeks to use them. You can use them all winter long, uh, hunting mountain lions. You can use them for spring bear. You can use them for spring turkey. You know, so so it's just that five week season we're trying to preserve. Um, what was your question? Well, no, it was just it was the similarities in in these bills. You're trying oh. to pre, pre, you know you're trying oh, to preserve yeah. the archery season uh, yeah. to just archery equipment, not crossbows. And we're doing the same <laughs> thing. You know, we we yeah. dealt with the same thing in Iowa. Now the question yeah. the question though is. How does how do these bills get brought to the table? Because oh, gotcha. and the reason I'm asking this, I'm asking with a caveat of we need to educate these people. So somebody yeah. is coming to the politicians and saying, yes. "We want you to do a bill that's or, you know to write a bill that says, hey, we want crossbows during the archery season.' Yep. These people are yep. uneducated, probably by themselves, yep. should not be doing this." but they are. And so how, how is this happening? Well, as far as Montana is concerned, um, it, the, the, the process is like that. Say, say Dan Johnson wants crossbows in Montana. So he's going to approach a legislator, um, and say, Hey, um, he, maybe you have a relationship with him. Hey, um, I want a crossbow for disabled, whatever. Mm-hmm. So, so this, this bill, I want to clarify this particular bill is for crossbows for, for disabled hunters. Okay. So it's, for, it's, from the layman, you know, the, the person who doesn't know, Oh yeah. Someone who's, you know, physically unable to draw a bow should right. be able to use a crossbow. And we have, we have something like that in Iowa where, you know, mm-hmm. if you get a doctor's note, mm-hmm. uh, you can definitely use a crossbow. Is there is there an asterisk next to this? Yes, but let me let me let me get to the process because okay. it's important in this particular case. Okay. So this is the the last session in 2021 
winter 2021 during COVID. It was a mess. Um, the same senator sponsored the same bill. Okay. A little bit different, different fine print. But this guy, I'll say his name eventually. He, he, it's his bill. Like no one approached him. Right. Unless there's crossbow industry in the background that we don't know about. He has a hair up his ass to push crossbows because he's old. He can't draw his bow anymore. So he says, and he wants to hunt with a crossbow. So what he does, let me, let me back up. Let me back up. I don't want to, I'm trying to keep it. I'm trying not to harsh on this guy as much as he deserves. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to explain the process first. So, so the Senator introduces a bill. He'll go around and get support for it. Educate. This is for veterans. This is for disabled hunters. This is for people who have never experienced the flight of the arrow, you know, like whatever bullshit he comes up with to get, to get his bill. Now I'm focusing on this bill because it's, it's sponsored by him. He, his intentions are selfish. He doesn't care about the veterans. He's sure using them to get what he wants, but um, he's he's um, he's kind of manipulating people to get what he wants. So he's disliked in the Capitol as well by both parties because he's a huge pain in the ass and he's a backstabber. But the process is this bill is sponsored. He, it's going to be seen in because he's a senator. The Senate. I'll, I'll just go through the whole process of how this bill has gone through because. It's, it's confusing. And I've been doing this for just a short time. And so my verbiage isn't, isn't always accurate, but um, it's, it's seen in a committee. In this case, it was the Senate fish and game committee. So you have, and this is what NBA does. Okay. Members, the bill is going to be seen in this fish and game committee on February 4th. We want everyone that opposes to go go to Helena if you can or Zoom and tell them tell them your your opposition to it. Whatever. So you have a hearing. It's really intimidating. You go in a room with a bunch of senators up high, higher than you, you know, and there's a chairman, and you have to use your words properly and and address everyone properly. And it's not a conversation that we're having here. Right. It's a it's a real like intimidating process for a dipshit like me who's like a construction worker, right? So I, I'm just like, so, so, so basically you, you say, I'm opposed to it. You have the opposition comes up, you have the proponents come up and then you have the Senator that has the last word, right? He can say anything he wants. He can say, Oh, the opponents, that's wrong information. Those statistics are wrong. Illinois has a great crossbow season. It's got so many people in the, you know, he, so he has the final word. So, I'm going to go ahead and just stick on this topic of this bill and how this has gone through. So if it passes that committee, then it goes to the Senate floor where then you have all the senators. These committees are only 12 people. Yeah. When you're, when you're, when you're over there, you're in a couple committees and there's, you vote on all kinds of different issues, health and human services, there's, there's finance, there's all kinds of stuff, but this is a fish, this is a fish and game topics. Right. So that's why it was seen there. So, we reach out to all those senators personally, like, Hey, this is a bad deal. What's your vibe on it? What do you, how do you think you're going to vote? So they, so we, we, we got them all to vote 10 to two tabled, which means the bills killed yep. essentially not, not killed, but temporarily killed. Well, the Senator reaches out to a Senator that 
was for him that voted yes, the two in, in this case, and says, hey, w- let's make some amendments and bring it back on the table, and then we'll vote again. We'll change it a little bit. So the original, so so it was untabled. They voted to untable it because it had these amendments that made it a little better. But it still had like a scope, you know, a four-power scope on it, um, a cap. They put a cap on it, which was good. But there's more than 400 people that would qualify for a crossbow permit in Montana, right? Yeah. And and that's that's why they one of the senators was smart enough to say, hey, let's put a cap on this because there's, you know, I'm in the construction world, dude. Every job site's got a dude with a bad arm or shoulder. Mm-hmm. And, and what's keeping him from going to the to a doctor and being like, Hey, my, my shoulder's bummed. Right. And, and, and in this case, the senators, I think he's in the same boat. I don't know what he's feeling, but I think he's just got a bum arm and doesn't want to draw a 40 pound bow. You know, he wants to crossbow. So, so anyways, <clears throat> so then it was put back on the table. We did our best. It was voted. Yes. They sent the bill out. So then it goes to the floor, Senate floor. It was voted 28 to 22 in favor of it. So it passed again. Then there was, um, they, they changed it. So let me read this. Cause I've got some notes from Stephanie Crater. Who's a board member. She's, we got, like a, we call them the seal team six, right? There's like a few folks that are in Helena and they, they go to these things and they're just on it. I can't personally go there because I'm a spaz and I would probably get kicked out of there for choking a dude. So I can't go there. <laughs> but luckily we have intelligent, uh, well-spoken folks that can go there and keep a cool head and talk to these people. Cause like I said, they're just normal folks. They don't want to be yelled at for something that, you know, they're just trying to get information about. Right. So you, you got to keep a cool head in this whole process. Right. Uh, so, so then, so basically when it was heard on the floor, they referred it to a finance and claims committee because it had a fiscal note that included the need for a full-time employee to admin- administer the permits. Right. So, fish and game department would have to hire another person to administer because it's another it's a new weapon right it's a new weapon and so that you need to somehow well not not just a new weapon but a a a new it's like a new method so it's another management strategy has to be put in place for it so so to weed through the people who get the permit from a doctor there's got to be someone hired so there's money involved so they gotta so they had some they had some uh budget Stuff added to it, and in Molnar, he didn't he didn't want to sign it. the 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 senator Brad Molnar is the sponsor of the bill. He didn't want to sign it because he didn't like it. So it was uh, it was tabled again, nineteen to zero. So they tabled it in that finance committee. So then, it's <laughs> crazy. So here here it is. So so Molnar refused to sign the fiscal note, and the committee voted to table it meaning it's it's done for now we heard he was going to blast it on the floor which meant it went back to the original form no caps non-residents and scopes would all be part of its blast to strip the amendment so they can blast it onto the floor out of a committee meaning you can bypass those committees and you just blast it right onto the floor right so just when you think you've you've done enough work contacting the senators and like hey okay we're on the same page this is a bad thing boom that that senator can blast that bill onto the floor. All right. And then it gets one second here. And... <laughs> so the original one got amended and we got shut down. Then it was amended. Then it was brought mm-hmm. back. 
It made it through yep. a couple, uh, you know, levels of voting. It was tabled by a different committee, and mm-hmm. then it was reintroduced as the yes. original, as the original bill before amendments, and then was blasted, skipping all those steps yep. Yep. back to the. You said the Senate floor. Yep. Okay. Yep. Number one, how is that even legal to do? Because well, it's not. It's, just, it's not that, the same bill. What, that's that's why you know you know politics one hundred and one in high school or whatever I was sleeping or whatever or yeah. we just weren't talking about it. but that's the stuff you're supposed to learn in your history class or politics class or whatever you call it. I don't know. yeah but but it's tricky I didn't know anything about I've learned this as I went along like yep. he did it last time when it was a different bill for, in a different form but you think you got it beat and you don't so what what the hopes are is that he reaches enough people that vote on it that don't know anything about it that are going to vote party line right right that's this is my thinking here and in this this conversation we're having i don't represent nba i'm trying to explain what we do and how this bill has come to come to fruition but i i am you know i can say some wild shit and i curse and i'm sometimes crass so i i i by no means am i representing nba but I want, I'm just trying to explain this to, to you. Right. Um, so, so then, so then, um, let's see. So it was, so then they untabled it. They voted to untable it and it went to, um, to the floor where it passed again. And so it passed the Senate floor 27 to 22. Right. Okay. As a, as a, as a different bill, that made it that far in the first place. Yeah. Okay. Untabled. Yeah. It was untabled. So the, the, it it went into the committee as one bill. It was tabled. It was, it was replaced untabled the new bill. Yep. Yep. And then it was Senate Senate floor and passed. They passed it. Okay. And then because there were some money issues in there, it was it was referred to another Senate committee, yep. which said we need to do this, that, and the other. But the sponsor was like, "Nope, I don't want to. I don't agree with that." So he didn't sign it. So then it was tabled again. Okay. Right. So then it was untabled because he blasted it onto the floor. Okay. Right again, and it passed the floor, the Senate floor. So okay. finally pass the floor with amendments and then it then it goes to the house right so you introduce a bill it goes to the senate passes the senate it goes to the house passes the house then it goes to the governor and he stamps it and it's a new bill right so it went to the house fish wildlife and parks committee a totally different committee than the senate fish and game committee house wildlife and parks committee where it was tabled 13 to 6 okay now, this is more recent in the last couple of weeks, so it's fresh in my mind, but I spoke to some of those folks and they were like, what's going on here is, uh, or sorry, I didn't speak to some of those folks regarding what I'm about to say, but there's obviously folks that are opposed to it. There's folks that are for it. There's folks that are opposed to it, but are going to vote for it because there's vote trading going on. Right. So you have a, a say, let's say another Democrat or another politician who's got another bill he's sponsoring and Molnar approaches them. The Molnar is the we'll call him the crossbow guy. 
crossbow guy approaches them and says, hey, if you vote for my bill, I'll vote for your bill, right? Mm -hmm. And so these these people will, because this guy is super confrontational, he's a pain in the ass, and they just want this done, right? right? They've been over there for four months now, bouncing these bills back and forth, and they just want to be home to their families, which is coming soon, right? Yeah. So it's all strategy, man. So you get you get a group that, or sorry, you get you get um, some folks that are opposed to it. But they're like, yeah, it's fine. But those are the folks that we need to talk to as bow hunters, right? And just voice our opinions. And you might not even be affiliated with a a, a bow hunting organization or a group. Yeah. You're just a bow hunter that's concerned that this is a bad bill and and what it just needs to be either rewritten or just or just voted no on. So right now, so that that House Fish, Wildlife, and Parks Committee tabled it, mm -hmm. thir thirteen to six. And now it's just sitting here right now. And we're, we're anticipating him to blast it onto the house floor. Right. So in the meantime, and this is, this is all stuff that I've learned which is important is you, so you, your state's divided up into little districts. All those little districts have senators. You got to call your, your local Senator. You know, I don't want to call my, the Senator in Billings because that's not where I live. So the, the four senators here in Missoula, I call them. Like, right. Hey, this is what's going on. I I, I want to get a feel for what you what you think about it, and I I am hoping you vote no on this. Yeah. And and this is when it hits the the Senate floor. So you have I don't know how many senators on the floor, but you want a majority to to vote it to say no and move on. Right. And what I tell all these senators is, we got nothing against crossbows, man, and certainly nothing against disabled and veterans and stuff. But this bill how it stands is not is not fair and it's going to open the we don't want the foot in the door right you know illinois my home state i grew up there i moved here when i was 18 um so i've been here for i don't know fucking 50 years i don't know feels like a long time they they they, they legalized crossbows for disabled back in like 13 or something right 2013 and then what what's the next bill that comes up well we think the 55 and over should be able to do it right mm -hmm. right 55 like Dude, I'm 46. I'm like, I'm not in my prime anymore, but I I can kick some ass still, right? Yeah. Like, so you tell me like 55 year old is like too weak to pull a bell back that can kill a deer when you have like 12 year old kids shooting deer with 30 pound, like, so, so anyways, so oh yeah, let them in, and then now it's like okay, let's let everybody use a crossbow. Yeah. Now you can use a crossbow during any archery season in Illinois, and it's a freaking disaster. You hunt any public land where I grew up. It's a disaster. What makes They're it is there. what makes it a disaster? Well, you get you get you get folks in there that don't aren't hunters, or I shouldn't say that. The you can buy a crossbow off the shelf and dial it in like you're shooting a gun, right? Right. Easier. And you can misuse it. You can um, take long shots. Um, in particular. Um, some of your listeners will probably know where this is. The, the Joliet Arsenal um, is an air, public land area that um, you got to shoot a, you got to pass a shooting test to get a card to hunt it. There's pretty good hunting in there, but it's, it's difficult. They, um, I got to, I should pull it up. There's a note from the, from the biologist who works on that, that strip of public land. He put a note on all the fences that said like, um, it was basically saying he's sick of crossbow, these groups of crossbow hunters going in there and doing deer drives with crossbows and, and 
and shooting deer with crossbows on, you know, finding him wounded all over and dead and stuff like that. So I'm not saying folks who shoot crossbows do that. It just opens the door for unskilled sportsmen that need to, to learn, um, how to hunt, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I don't, I mean, Illinois, it seems they just want revenue anyway. So it, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they just want revenue. That's why they sell so many licenses. And, and that's why, you know, you can shoot two bucks and it's, it's gone downhill quite a bit from, from, it's always sucked for me because uh, I've never been successful there, but um, you know, unless you have a big farm in the part in certain parts of the state, you're, you're going to struggle. Um, I mean, just look at, you know, just look at the bowhunting.com guys, right? Um, Todd Graff and, and um, what's his face? You know, they, they struggle up there. You know, it's just like, there's, there's people everywhere. It's not, it's right next door to Iowa. Why isn't it like Iowa anymore? Well, it's because Iowa restricts weapons and they restrict hunter numbers, especially non-resident hunter numbers. Mm -hmm. So that's another topic, but, but what we don't want is a foot in the door for crossbows to get in there for a full, um, full inclusion into the season, like Wyoming has done. Yeah. And Wyoming, Wyoming regrets it. How do they regret it? Because it's, it's, it's one set rifle hunters into the bow season. So the number of hunters is, is through the roof. Um, same amount of hunters, the same amount of hunters, it's just they're taking advantage of multiple seasons. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Like, I don't know a single bow hunter that would choose to use a crossbow. Right. You know what I mean? Um, you have some issues with, you know, it's just a better weapon. It's more efficient. Okay, imagine you got a stubble field, a wheat stubble field, and you got a bunch of antelope out there. In the stubble, say, not a stubble, but say it's thick knee-high grass. Pop that crossbow with your four-power scope. Belly crawl out to within 80 yards of them things and yeah. lay down and shoot it. You're not going to belly crawl out there with a bow. I mean, to, to, to argue that it's just the same as a compound bow, and, and compound bows, guys can shoot far, but there's still a bunch of skill involved with mm-hmm. that. And and I, I don't know. I, I go back and forth because there's a there's a – fair amount of guys who have never been able to bow hunt um and the crossbow is their only way but i argue it's not a bow i mean it's its own weapon right right it's not a rifle it's not a bow um it's just we're just such pussies like we want a way out man right and 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 i i i say that and i'm not disabled Mm -hmm. right well, I think what I think what you're trying to say, and, and correct me if I'm wrong here, is that when giving someone the when giving people the opportunity to take an easier route to to an end goal, they're going to take it. And yes. I think I, I don't want to quote this, right? So if you're listening to this and you hear these numbers come out of my mouth, do not uh, don't, don't quote them. Cause they, there's a, there's a very good chance that they are inaccurate in some way, shape or form. So Ohio introduced crossbows. Okay. And now I feel like I saw a, a statistic that said now 70 or 80% of all de- deer killed during archery season are with crossbows. Yeah. Okay. And it's not even close. 
right? And so the compound, I mean, you give it to them. Now, I don't know if that, if the outcome of that is a higher lethality or a, a higher um, kill rate, which would then impact quotas, which would then impact the deer herd and have impacts like that. So I think what, what people, you know, like, I think the, the, and this is my opinion, the message isn't that, hey, crossbows are bad. The message is that the, the crossbow is more lethal and, and that it, it's more than just introducing a new weapon into a, a current season. There has to be scientific data that there has to be tests done. There has to be, can the, can the archery season withstand this, you know, this, this more efficient weapon? Uh, at the same time, uh, and I'm speaking from Iowa now, crossbow hunters have their, their opportunity. They have, they can, they can use uh, in the, uh, in the primitive weapon seasons for muzzleloader. You can use mm-hmm. a, a late season. You can use a, a crossbow yeah. uh, to, to fill that tag. And so, yeah. and if you're, I guess if you're considered a senior citizen, I'm not sure what the number is. I think it's 60. Uh, you can use a crossbow. If you have, if you're disabled, you can use a crossbow. If you have a doctor's excuse, like if I blew my shoulder out and I can't draw a bow back for a year while I'm rehabbing it, I can get a, I can get a permit from a doctor that says, Hey, listen, uh, this guy, I'm going to, I'm going to let you know he's injured enough to where a crossbow might help him. Okay. And so, those there are opportunities out there for crossbow hunters. The issue that I have is, and and maybe this is what's happening in Montana, is that the people and the hunters of Iowa are not asking for a crossbow season, or uh, they're not asking for a crossbow to be introduced into the archery season. <laughs> it is a lobbyist out of New York who is, or it's a business out of New York who are paying lobbyists to talk with these people here in Iowa. And that's how this, this law is being introduced. So I wouldn't be surprised if there is someone influencing, you know, maybe it's a lobbyist, maybe it's somebody else influencing this, this individual politician to say, okay, listen, we'll contribute, you know, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll contribute to your campaign uh, if you try to get this bill passed for us. And so th- it seems to be a lot like that is the method because um, I believe there's other states, God, I want to say Oklahoma as well, where the same law is, they're trying to pass the same law uh, in, yep. in, in multiple a blueprint, states. A blueprint for it. And it just, they just shift state. Exactly. I, I'm, I, I hope it's not the case here. We, I have never really, I'm, I'm trying to like uh, avoid thinking about that situation. Right. Um, um, I mean, the guy is the dirt bag, so it could, potentially be the case but um um another thing too you know last time this came up two years ago in the first session it was a different bill um sb 111 and and okay killed we killed it yep same thing though back and forth table uh, put back on the table after that season closed or that session closed that guy drew a special breaks permit right missouri breaks big bull elk over there you know kind of not a lifetime thing but but you know rare to get him and his buddies they sued the fw montana fwp to be able to use crossbows because they're disabled now when you have a politician the montana fish and wildlife department yeah they sued him he sued he sued him okay they lost they lost but 
they sued him saying, hey, we're disabled. We deserve, it's our right to use crossbows because we're disabled. So tell me this, a politician who's, who's, who sponsors his own bill and then says, it, says it's for the disabled hunters and the veterans and propping up veterans in wheelchairs in front of the, these committees and stuff. Yeah. And then those guys aren't there. He's suing so he can use it. It's not for, it's not for them. Yeah. It's not for the vet. So, so it's easy for folks to look at the NBA and be like, smear us because, oh, they don't support veterans or disabled. Yeah. Well, fuck them. Well, the real deal is this guy could care less. And so what I've proposed to some of these senators I've spoke to about this is like, hey, this just needs to be sponsored by someone that doesn't have any skin in the game, that really cares. Right. Because I can guarantee you Molnar would not, Brad Molnar, the sponsor of this bill, if he said, if, if he said, I will forfeit my right to use a crossbow if we could pass this bill for the veterans and for the disabled he would never ever do that because it's for him mm -hmm. but if you ask me the same question about um let's see like preserving but if, if if the season stayed five weeks for forever for your kids i would do it in a heartbeat mm -hmm. yeah okay all right interesting take all right so the next, the, the thing that I want to talk to you about is, okay, so we have these, and this isn't just about crossbows. Uh, this is about yeah. all bills that come to the table that uh, would be negative. So like in Iowa, I just, like they literally want to, there, there's, if these certain bills passed, there'd be like 20,000 additional tags hit Iowa, um, potential for like 20 to 40,000 additional tags to, to hit Iowa, thus changing the landscape of what makes Iowa great, all right? You mean for non-residents? For non-residents, right. For money, revenue. M yeah, revenue, money. money. Um, yeah. And the ability for a landowner to sell their tags to mm -hmm. whoever they want to, okay? Yeah. Bad, bad news, bad news. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so this is the conversation that I've been having with some of the other members of the Iowa Bow Hunters Association is mm -hmm. guys like us and our associations are always on the defense, right? We're always trying to kill a bill that is is then being, uh, you know, introduced and then reintroduced and then reintroduced. So we're fighting the exact same battle every single year with on a defensive stance. Yes, we may win the battle every time, but ultimately things are happening at a pace that is almost impossible to keep up with. Yeah. Okay? You got to get on the offensive. Exactly. And that is that that is what I'm proposing to the Iowa Bow Hunters Association because they have a lobbyist from my understanding and that I told these guys, "Listen, we need to be on the offensive for our rights and and put a potential moratorium on yep. when some of these uh I guess bag limits, tag allocations, quotas, when some of those can be addressed. And and so like own the, you know like things like that can only be addressed every 5 or 10 years or whatever, right? Yeah. Uh, unless maybe the Department of uh Wildlife or Natural Resources says otherwise. Are you guys ever like have you guys had discussions about taking the offensive and getting yeah and and doing that stuff and what's that look like? Well, I, I feel that this time around, we're going to have to. So so a crossbow bill has been introduced 
for the last, it's been, let's see, 13 or 14 sessions. So, right. so almost, almost 30 years, this thing's every session, something comes up. Sometimes they're dog shit. Sometimes they're, they're effective. Like this one is like the biggest fight we've had. Right. But yeah, we've talked about it and it's like, you know, our membership has a broad view of it, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's like zero tolerance with crossbows. Some guys are like no crossbows whatsoever for anybody at any time. And some of us are like, you know, hearing some testimonies from some of these guys, if, if there was a tightened restrictions on no scopes, I mean, on uh, uh, a crossbow with open sights, you're only, you know, you're limited. Right. You know, just, just like a compound bow, you're going to have to be skilled to, to fire off 50, 50 yard shots, right? Um, you're still be able to belly crawl and that's movement and carry this little thing in the woods. But, but either way, you know, if there was a way to vet the folks that I got a shoulder injury, well, you, we're at the mercy of the doctor that decides he gets the, you know, if there was a committee that, that could see, oversee it and be like, no, you're not injured enough. Or, you know, that's temporary. Or um, you still have mobility in your other shoulder or whatever it may be. Um, one thing I want to touch on too, that I haven't spoke about <clears throat> is, you know what a draw lock is? Uh, Oh, on a, you mean specifically on a crossbow? Nope. On a, on a, any bow, vertical bow, we'll call them. Okay. So there's a system that locks onto a compound recurve, whatever. And it it's, it's a big uh, machined aluminum rod that comes out and, and you, 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 um, you pull it back kind of like you would a crossbow and it locks into a release mechanism mm-hmm. <clears throat> and you can, you can, there's a release and you, you, you just have to hold the bow and you can shoot it. Okay. You draw the bow. <clears throat> we have FWP can issue a permit to modify your archery equipment, which is the PTMAE, we call it, to use a draw lock. You got to get a permit to do it. The doctor says, yep, you're, you're, you have no use of your shoulders. You can use this, this device. So that's kind of what MBA has been working on for a long time is, is one helping people um, educate people on that, that that's even available and two modifying it with our own money that we have, that we've, we raised through our fundraising functions mm-hmm. to modify it. If this guy's got a, a no hand, you know, Marlon, who's a, who's a board member in a, in a retired machinist, he's a whiz. He can make the thing. So he, the guy can hold the bow and shoot it. And he's, he's done it. We've helped so many people, literally shoot their first deer and elk with with a, a real bow or a vertical bow um with a draw lock system so the argument is oh it's cumbersome it's hard it's dangerous and it's like yeah man bow hunting's hard yeah i mean you know it's it's all hard it's supposed to be hard you know that's why we do it mm-hmm. i don't i didn't pick up my stick bow because it's easy you yeah. know i'm challenging myself if you want to just harvest Get out there with the rifle during rifle season and harvest or your crossbow during rifle season. Mm-hmm. But if you want to experience bugling bulls in September, you, you can't really do it with a gun. You know, the gun season isn't open. So the argument to like, I want to be able to bow hunt when it's warm temperatures and the elk are bugling or the antelope are rutting, you know, that, that that's kind of been this guy's argument, you know, and yeah. we shouldn't shut veterans and disabled because you know, they don't want to use this draw lock system on a bow. Well, shit, man. If you forced everyone to use a stick bow, no one, a lot of people wouldn't because they don't want to. You can't, you know, they're not going to do things that they feel that they can't do. Right. So, 
I don't know. I I am I'm all over the place with it, but I'm 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 pretty firm with my belief that like um you know in the in the in the hands of the right politician and the right sponsor, we can make a great bill that allows some folks to use a crossbow um, during a cert- certain time in that archery season, not the five weeks, not everybody, mm-hmm. not build a construction worker that smashed his wrist a couple of years ago. Right. Cause like, I don't know if you know who Remy Warren is. He's been hunting the last couple of years with a mouth tab because he's had a shoulder injury. Yeah. You know, he's killing elk and stuff with a mouth tab, one arm, bite the damn thing. And he shoots stuff with it. Like yeah. if, if you want it, If you want it, you're going to get it, you know? Yeah. If you really want it, you don't need it. You don't need the crossbow. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just having some empathy here for disabled people, um, I, I guess I would say that I can understand. I do too. Where some of these, where, you know, some of these people, individuals may be coming from now do i understand why the bill is being proposed by this gentleman no i don't Hmm. i don't understand that but i understand if there's a guy who can't walk or he has some kind of major issue right Mm -hmm. i look at something like that and i say let the dude use a crossbow just let him let let him but if (laughs) i'm me like a guy like me who yeah. is just is just lazy and just wants to go out and do the exact same thing but do it with a crossbow during the archery season? No thanks. I'll pass yeah. on that. Right? Yeah. Um if if it means maybe the youth season, uh, especially in Iowa, I think I think during the youth season you can use a crossbow. But then by the time the youth season's over, you're old enough to get out of the youth season, you're strong enough to pull back a compound bow. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Stick with a compound bow at this point. Right. Yeah. And, and, and take the next. Yeah. Step. But dad, yeah, but dad, dad, I, I, what about the cross dad? I want to use that crossbow. Remember you did the crossbow dad. Yeah. I don't want it. No, I'm not going. Well, you tough know, like, shit. I mean, that's what I, that's, there's no one saying tough shit. Yeah. No one saying tough shit. Right. And I, I'm not saying tough shit to veterans or, or disabled folks who really have it bad, but, but not all, not all veterans are disabled. No, no, I know, I know. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, always going to be someone that that um, let's is going to take it. Yeah, I, I get the point. They're they're. This is with all these types of bills. It's a yeah. foot in the door, and then yeah. they said, "Well, hey, we already got this passed. Let's just do this as yeah. well." And the yeah. next thing you know, yeah. ten years from now, it's going to be claymore mines and hand grenades. You yeah. know, on during the archery season, or there's you can't take it. Out. Yeah, you're not taking out. <laughs> right. That ain't. Right. But that's the thing I think people don't understand. I think that I think that we still have the power. And this is this is my optimistic approach on things like this. I think the hunters who hunt said state, whether that's Montana or Iowa, Illinois, Ohio, you know, wherever. We still have the power to unite. Yeah. Go and talk to the Department of Natural Resources. Go and talk to um, politicians who are on our side. Educate the right people and yeah. and put the management of the natural resource 
back into the people into the hands of the people who care about it the most, not a business or uh, someone who's only interested in changing a rule or regulation for financial gain or not a politician who doesn't know shit about it. That's where the Department of Natural Resources comes in and says, listen, here's what science tells us. Here's what studies tell us. We expect if this happens, then this happens. And so I just, the, the fact that a person can say, here's a bill, let's vote on it without any planning, any research, anything like that is ludicrous to me. It totally, totally. Yeah. And and it it goes back to all your listeners, like just join your uh, state's bow hunting organization. It's as simple as that. Forget about the, forget about the trad shit, the compound versus trad, because that happens in some of these groups. They want to splinter off and like, we got what we got. Right. Follow Pope and Young's rules as far as entering things into the book. Maybe take their take what th- their guidelines and 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 join a group because they're the only ones that have that have your back. Right. Right. You know. Right. It's as simple as that. Yeah. Yeah. You make a lot of good points here. Um, any final thoughts about what you're dealing with? Um, I know you kind of mentioned that some of the other issues. Like public land, you kind of you, you don't really focus on that, but you work closely with um, yeah. uh, some of the other brands. So outside of that, any, any final thoughts about <sighs> some of the things that you guys are really fighting for or trying to accomplish in Montana? Man, I guess I would say um, just trying to bring everybody together, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I think like I said, there's, there's a, can be a divide with different types of equipment or different mentalities of, of, you know, why we hunt and antlers and antlers. If, I mean, I, I'll, I'll say, man, if we didn't, if, if elk and deer didn't have antlers or if they grew only to a certain, if all bucks grew to a certain number and it was small, we wouldn't have, we wouldn't be having this conversation. No, it rules. It rules everything in Montana. I think about those big farms in Iowa that are, that are leased or bought and consolidated to make these big farms that produce, produce um, crops, but also produce giant bucks. And that's the goal. Magnify that by a hundred out here for these big, huge cattle ranches that are getting bought up by these billionaire dudes who, who are out of state residents who want the same thing that you're talking about. They want, they want a hundred permits so they can sell them or have their friends come and shoot huge bulls. They want to be able to shoot huge bulls, but you can't, because you're a non-resident and this particular unit is a permit only draw and you can't get it. So, so I don't know where I'm going with this, but <clears throat> there's just so we're many fighting the same up. battles. I mean, yeah, yeah. we're fighting the same yeah. battles. Yeah. On different, on different scales. And man, if they didn't have antlers, we wouldn't be having this conversation. Yeah. I love antlers, dude. I love, I love yeah. it. I love challenging myself. Um, but <clears throat> it just, it's just causes so much friction among people you know yeah. people do it for different we all hunt for different reasons yeah and and you know bow hunting is an opportunity it's it's an experience and um I, let's see yeah i i think that everyone does it for a different reason but we we should especially each state needs to you need to stick together and fight the and pay attention to what's going on and yeah and be a part of it yeah. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't be so sure that there's an opportunity here. 
for Montana and Iowa, you know, or or any state's bow hunters association to unite together or to work together on a federal level to, you know, solve some of these issues. Right, right. But, but, you know, yeah, yes. And it's all about education because you know damn well that folks in D.C., they don't, they don't, they don't hunt know. or they, they, they don't, don't care. No. They don't care. No. New Jersey, you know, like some of these, not to pick on New Jersey, but like some of these states were like, it's urban. These folks are born and raised in an urban area and de- deer are like, you know, it's it's wild man yeah. the, the the variety of of experiences and um it's it's wild but at least in montana and iowa i feel is probably really similar it's like we're good folks man and everyone's you know everyone like i said everyone knows someone here that hunts yeah a relative or they do you know that we have a a, a a large hunting community here and it's 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 not going anywhere anytime soon but if you're not paying attention and you're not um up to date it can easily be taken away. Look at Washington state. Yeah. You know? Yeah. They, they're stuff taken away all the time. Let me ask you, let me ask you <clears> this. And I, you talk, you said something about party lines and I wanted to address this and it may be unpopular uh, <laughs> or even hard to answer the question, Yeah. but I feel like it needs to be discussed because here's, here's an issue that I, I find. I personally consider myself a conservative, uh, the way I vote. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so that typically means Republican for, yep. for most, for most things that I vote for. Now, yep. the issue that I have is it's a Republican politician who is introducing the bills that I don't like mm-hmm. and, and introducing yep. some of these wild game laws that you know that may ne- not necessarily fully support the natural resource and so right. now now I'm here at the voting table and I haven't even answered this question for myself yet I'm in the booth and I have to vote for somebody what am I voting yep. for like right now the nation is divided the nation yep. is in turmoil do I vote to to help my like vote on my passion for wildlife and things like that? Or do I vote for things like lower gas prices and lower grocery bills and, and you know, the everyday, like my family, because at the end of the day, I look at hunting. uh, Yeah. I feel like there should be a right. You should get, have the right to hunt. But at the same time, when I compare hunting to the rest of my life, I am, putting the rest of my life before hunting, right? I'm putting my family, uh, and, and how I take care of them before, Mm -hmm. uh, I, I, I I worry about hunting, right? That, that's just natural, but my passion, because I can do that right now, my family's taken care of. Now my passion is wildlife. It's the natural resource. It's bow hunting. Right. And so I can, I can do that. It's just, this is the frustration lies when you when you have people vote party lines and it yep. doesn't necessarily it's not a one-stop shop right but i feel that if you communicate with these individuals they will say holy cow the people that i represent they're not fans of this or mm-hmm. they are fans of this and and it just it comes down to communication rallying the troops 
and and getting all of all of the people you know as hunters to voice their opinion to the people who help make the decisions or introduce the bills. And I, I, I feel uh, very optimistic that if, if you can organize, you can definitely change the tides. Yes, I agree with you. And, 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 um, um, you know, part of that's the two party system. You got two choices. Yeah. Independents don't do shit. I, I vote for independence a lot of time because of principle and my beliefs I'm not, I'm not doing any justice to either party doing that. Right. You right. take votes away. So <clears throat> we just have a, a shitty system and we're getting farther apart. And yep. those same issues in Montana are the kind of the same issues in Iowa. You're like, well, these Republicans are, what, what do you, what, I mean, they're for property, private property rights and, and able to utilize the, the land. And, and, but it's like, man, it just seems like they're, they're catering to billionaires who are, lining their pockets in these political elections you it's know? crazy man it's it's just a bummer but but again it all comes out to just even that guy that proposed that bill who you don't like the bill get talk to him and put it put a you know put something in his ear because that's all we can do if you right. sit back bitch like what what bothers me um is when people bitch about what's going on and then they don't even vote right I know it may not be important to you because you live in a red state and they're going to vote red anyways or blue or whatever, but like, you've got to get out there and vote, man. Yeah. You got to talk to your politicians. It's, it's like, I've realized it as I get older, like, I mean, we're, we're on the planet for a short time. At least we can try to like stir it up a little bit and be like, all right, dude, I don't know what I am. I'm, I'm, I hunt. Yeah. I, I mean, my, my redneck friends think I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I'm a city kid. And that my my city friends think I'm a redneck, so like I don't know what I am, but, I, but I'm certainly not a Republican or a Democrat. Yeah. So like, there's nobody representing us out there because we we like the environment, we like the hunt, and we love guns. So like, there's no one for us, right? Right. Right. It's anyway, crazy. It's crazy. That's another podcast we could. <laughs> right. Um, right. Right. I'm like, dude, I want to talk deer. You know, if we ever do this again, um, I love your podcast. I love listening to it. I love hearing the stories, the guys killing shit. It's, it's awesome. Yeah. I, I work by myself. So I listen to a lot of podcasts and, um, it's pretty fun. It's like I'm hunting year round. Well, Hey man, I really appreciate, uh, the kind words there. Uh, Kevin, man, I really appreciate you taking time out of your day to hop on the podcast, voice your opinion. Hold on. Hold on. Oh, that that's the picture. Oh, that's a stud dude. That's a stud. He's showing me a picture. If you want to go see the picture, go to the YouTube channel of the Bucky shot in the snow in yeah. Montana with a trad bow. Yard shot. How many yards? Anybody, anybody could have made that shot. How many yards? Ten. Ten. Okay. All right. Come on. Makes anybody me want to. Makes me want to go pick up a trad bow. Yeah. Kevin, I appreciate your time, man. Yeah, buddy. Thanks, Dan. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, another episode in the books. Huge shout out to Kevin for taking time out of his day, man. Really appreciate you. Huge shout out to all of you for taking time out of your day to listen. Huge shout out to Tethered, Wasp, Vortex, and Hunt Stand. Please go out and support the companies that support this podcast. Please go to iTunes. Leave a five-star review. Let everybody know how badass this podcast is. Uh, visit me and follow me on Instagram. Uh, and if you want to be a, a 
a guest on the podcast, share some kick-ass stories, talk to us a little bit about how and where you hunt, and uh, just spread the good word. Hit me up on Instagram, man. So, uh, again, it's all about the good vibes. So, good vibes in, good vibes out. And if you're going to be in a tree, wear your damn safety harness. We'll talk to you next week.